What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had on the program 74 kg lifter in the USAPL, Nico Flores. He was a fan-requested interview, and we had an awesome talk. We, of course, started off how we got to start into powerlifting and he trans how he transitioned that journey into YouTube and Twitch and getting a social media notoriety. Also, how he developed his love for powerlifting into coaching as well because he is a young coach in the sport. Some really interesting talk about you know rehabbing and going through injuries and helping athletes out with that and when you should and when you shouldn't rehab athletes. Uh, his future goals as a competitor, Nico is a damn good 74kg lifter. So talking about his future goals as a competitor, also as a coach as well. Uh, we also touched on you know a disappointing showing at Raw Nationals in 2019 and what his mentality is after that meet uh, who he admires in the sports, what is one thing he would change in powerlifting, and we also discuss, We also introduced a new segment called Two White Lights, and actually went really well. So it was, you know, different from FMK and uh, Word Association, but kind of similar to those two, so we had a real lot of fun on that. Um, but before we get into our interview with Nico Flores, I, of course, got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com and get yourself some merchandise. You know I love my fanny packs. I love my dad hats. I know it's a little too warm to wear beanies, but they got beanies too. Tank tops, baseball tees, probably my all-time favorite baseball tees. And you can get all that merchandise if you use promo code 2WL10 and you will get 10% off of your order. Remember, when you look good, you feel good, and when you feel good, you lift good. And you can do that at a discounted price if you use promo code 2WL10. So 2WL10, get 10% off of anything you purchase on leftlarbros.com. Oh, also, they have two white lights gym banners. I've been seeing those at gyms, and people have been ordering them, and it's awesome to see. So you can also get a two white lights gym banner on leftlarbros.com. Also, visit rivalist.net. Use promo code ANGELO15 to get 15% of your order. Whether it be band chain amino acids, creatine, protein, pre-workout, you name it, Rivalus will get it to you. If you use promo code ANGELO15, you will get 15% off of your order. Also, go to lift.net. Stoic gear is the preferred gear that I use on the platform. You can get your knee sleeves, wrist wrap, belts, singlets, 10% off if you use promo code ANGELO10. And since you made it through the ad read and the introduction, hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review as well. And also follow us on Spotify. We're available there as well. And go to twowhitelights.com to get yourself some merchandise. I failed to mention that a lot of episodes, but we got a few different shirts on there. But, of course, you can get your Two White Lights t-shirt exclusively on twowhitelights.com. Com. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Promise. I got with me via Zoom, 
meeting and we are making history right now because this is the first ever podcast slash Twitch stream, I think, in podcasting history. I'm just uh, going to go on record and say it's the first time this has ever been done. I have with me 74 KG Jr. Nico Flores. How are you, my man? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be a part of the podcast, man. No problem, man. And uh, yeah, you were a fan-requested interview. I got a DM from someone like, how about you interview Nico? I'm like, yeah, Nico's a cool guy. I'll get him on the nice. show. He's... He's uh, building a building a coaching tree, getting a lot of clients uh, under his belt, and I know that you are an active competitor as well in the USAPL. So, the first question I gotta ask, which is like the kind of the introduction question that I ask everyone, what got you started in powerlifting and fitness, and then how did it stem into what you know what you got going on right now with your Twitch stream and your YouTube? Okay, awesome. So, to start off. Um... I started lifting when I was in high school, probably like around my junior to senior year, because I had surgery and I lost like 15 to 20 pounds in like the night of my surgery. What and was the surgery? Like at, uh, I had um, I had to get like a bowel obstruction like fixed because my I was born with like congenital bands around my small intestine, so like they had to like take it out and like literally just like um, rewire like my small intestine basically. So they I had to get, go through like surgery, and then afterwards I lost like 15 to 20 pounds in like one night. And I came out of it, and I was just like, I want to start working out. Like, I want to put back the size that I lost, like, not even though it was, like, kind of just, like, in my gut the entire time. But, like, I wanted to get bigger. And I, I played sports when I was younger, so I obviously wanted to get stronger and be physically fit for those sports. And after that, like, I, I started doing like squat, bench, and, like, deadlift when I was, like, 16, 17. And, like, I really just, like, fell in love with, like, being underneath the barbell, um, being with, like, a really strong community because I worked out with my team, like, all the time. And then eventually, like, I, it went over into training in, like, a gym because I was just, like, I love being in this environment. I'm going to, like, keep, keep lifting. I'm going to keep working out. Like, even after, like, I graduated from high school, I was like, wow, this is really fun. Like, I'm not going to be able to compete like I did with, like, sports. So let me see if there's any, anything I can do with, like, the gym that will be somewhat competitive. And then that's where powerlifting came in. Um, I saw that people literally, like, got onto a platform and tested their, like, their strength. And like competed with each other, and I thought that was really, really appealing to me. Yeah, and um, a lot of people have that sport background, but that surgery thing is pretty interesting. I've never like uh, when we have whenever I ask that question, it's usually the same sort of outline that people yeah. follow. Like a lot of it, it's to impress women. That's, <laughs> that's the number one answer I get. It's like, yeah, oh I uh, wanted to press. You know, I wanted to get girls, and I heard they like muscles, and usually it never works out for them, or they broke up with their girlfriend and you know through through heartbreak they started lifting weights um a good way to channel that anger but that surgery thing is um that's pretty interesting so i want to kind of dive into that a little bit how did you how did you get around that does it still affect your training so like um i was born with like like bands that were constricting my small intestine and like they didn't like have any problems for me until i was like 16 17 which is like really rare because if you're born with like bands that you can't go to the bathroom with like obviously you're gonna get it when you're born like that surgery when you're born but i don't know i, I just never had any symptoms of asymptomatic for 16 years of my life and then one day like i literally just like couldn't go to the bathroom and like i was like projectile vomiting and i was like what is wrong with me like then i started like throwing up like stomach bile or like the stuff the liver produces so it just wasn't it wasn't good at all and i went to the hospital and they thought it was like appendicitis and like it just that doesn't sound like appendicitis at all so like they had to like open up my my stomach and then basically see what was wrong with me 
and then fix whatever. Like, it literally, they they had to go on, like, blind and do it. Mm-hmm. But they, since it's so rare, they, they they went in, and I had, like, a really, really good doctor, and I'm really blessed. Um, but after that surgery, like, they told me that I could, I could relapse from, like, the scar tissue down the road, but honestly, knock on wood, like, I, I haven't had any problems with training, haven't had any problems with, like, my stomach, and everything's just, like, smooth sailing, man. Mm-hmm. Do you ever work around that in any ways, or do you take extra precautions while you're lifting? Um, like, I'll be honest with you, like, I should, but I really don't. Like, I, for my metabolism, like, I eat, like, a lot for mm-hmm. my, my size. Like, it's, it's like I need to eat, or else, like, I'll be, like, a 66 lifter. But uh, I, I literally just, like, adapted over time. Like, I used to have to, like, time my meals, like, only eat smaller meals. But, like, now, like, I've gotten so comfortable with everything that I, I just don't even think about it anymore, man. I'm really happy. I'm really blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then how did that progress your powerlifting into right now? Because I would consider you a personality in the sport. You know, me and Tim talked about this last week. As far as people getting on YouTube, getting on Instagram, getting on Twitch, they become a personality in itself. So how, what motivated you to do that? So, like, basically, um, like, when I, going back to, like, the whole, like, community thing, like, that's one thing that I really love about powerlifting, man, like, a majority of the people that you talk to that do the sport are going to be friendly. They're going to want to help you out. Like, it's just, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, like, I guess it was kind of like an addiction when I first started. Like, I started off with Instagram. And, like, I would just, like, post. And I'd get, like, so much feedback. I'd get so much help from everyone. And, like, I was just like, wow. Like, hopefully one day I can be like this for other people, you know. Like, I want to be able to be someone that people would look up to. Uh, be someone that people would want to go for to advice. Like, stuff like that, man. So, like, that's where, like, the Twitch thing comes in. Like, I do, like, lift analysis streams. Like, I, I try to do, like, Q&As as much as I can to see if I can help people as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, it, me and Tim talked about this last week with Twitch becoming, like, an, another source and it's growing in popularity because now when I hear about Twitch, I'm like, man, the possibilities of getting more involved in the sport is there with Twitch because you get – you don't have the editing process because this podcast right now, it's not going to be edited on Twitch, your Twitch stream, obviously, but I'm going to edit it. They yeah. get all, all the, you know, maybe the stutters, the missteps, the delays. But with Twitch, you kind of get that authentic Q&A, quick back and forth. I like the lifter analysis, too. You can kind of get, like, a sports center for powerlifting going on the Twitch. So that's- Yeah, man, like, I know, like, um, Bryce Calgary Barbell, he does, like, he literally watches, like, old powerlifting. He's, like, IPF Worlds, and he, like, watches it with his followers all the time. Like, dude, this is awesome. Like, he, he's having, like, a watch party with all of his followers for like old meets and then like just talking about it. like that's he's bringing the community together and I really encourage a lot of powerlifters to give Twitch a chance because like I know I know Twitch is like meant for like gaming mm-hmm. or like something other than lifting but it really is like a good place to connect with other people man yeah I've been pondering Twitch myself like recently especially talking with Tim and other people because I know Joe uh, my coach Joe Stanek he was on it for yeah. a little bit and um, he was thinking about doing a podcast in like a podcasting style format so. That uh, the more I more I hear about it, the more I see it, the more I kind of want to do it myself. Yeah, man, I know you got a home gym too, bro. Like it's it's literally you just gotta get a computer, like a webcam down there, man. And, like you're yeah. set. I got I gotta get a better home gym though, because right now I can't I can't uh, I can't do my workouts in that environment. because yeah. I had to give, I, mean, I had I to give away <laughs> my kilo plates and all that stuff because they were rentals from my gym. Yeah. So, but. That will motivate me to get an actual authentic home gym. That'll be pretty sweet. So yeah, man, it's it's literally like building a home gym is an addiction, man. Mm-hmm. Like once you once you like dip your big toe in the water, like you want to just like dive right in, man. Like it's set my word to you, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And I kind of got that within the quarantine. Like you know what, a home gym possibility seems pretty sweet. Even though 
I mine and my home gym was very cheap. I know a lot of people spent a serious serious coin on their home gyms, which you probably will because you know they're expensive. But mine was pretty ragtag. Uh, everything I could find in my basements, I just used. Like yeah, the plywood I found, I'm like, okay, I could use this for deadlift. I think I don't even know. So I duct taped it to the floor, um, <laughs> and then I used my fucking like my bench that probably shouldn't have been used for squat. And I luckily, and I really got lucky with uh, Surge, like renting out the kilo plates because that really, the the big yeah, thing it got was, the job done, man. It got the job done. yeah, and uh, and I had the Texas Power Bar already, so I got that for free. So like, really, I didn't spend a whole lot of money. Only thing I spent money on was those rubber plates that people saw my vid. So, um, now you also use powerlifting as a way of to reach athletes and to become a coach as well. So. Take me through that. Like, I know you said you wanted to help people. What, what motivated you to become a coach? Because that's that's a that's a serious commitment. I would sometimes argue that it's more of a commitment than powerlifting and uh, just competing on the platform. So, like, when I first started lifting, I my biggest regret as a lifter was not getting coaches early that I started out. Like, I really, like, thought that I would be good just doing, like, cookie-cutter programs. Like, I thought I would be good just doing my own thing and looking on, like, YouTube videos, stuff like that. And I, like, eventually, like, bit and caved in, and I was like, I'm going to get a coach. And my first experience with a coach was honestly, like, game-changing. I learned so much uh, with my first coach, and I was like, wow, this this is insane. Like, I, I went from, like, being really mediocre. Like, I didn't know what I was doing to learning so much, and I could, like, learn more, even more in the future with, like, with this coach. And I was just, wow, I, I want to be able to do this for some other people, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, luckily, I was able to work with, like, really smart people talked to a lot of smart people and like they taught me a lot of stuff and obviously like I went through school and stuff so um, there's like things that just like added up over time and it's, like I started off coaching for free and I honestly think that a lot of people like you need to be able to establish like a base first mm-hmm. and then work off of that like you if you haven't noticed like, I, I don't really like promoting my coaching that much like, I don't like saying x amount of spots open all the time like I, I like to like kind of advertise by showing off my athletes like progression showing off their mm-hmm. their meat recaps like the prs like it's just stuff like that man and that honestly i think it's perfect for advertising yeah so who was your first coach um my first coach was like he's a really uh, small lifter from north carolina and i worked with him for like three three months because like, i got i looked up to him he was like a powerlifter that i thought was really fucking strong and like i thought he knew what he was doing too so i worked with him and he just like taught me so much about like basic programs because like obviously i was a beginner like i didn't know what i was doing and he taught me, like, the bare minimum. But then I thought that, like, I really learned a lot when I started working with Sean. Like, Sean Sean was my first, like, uh, coach where I was, like, really invested in. Like, I was in for three years. Like, that's – I feel like that's a really long time considering I've only been lifting for five years. Um, he's taught me, like, so much along the way. And, like, not even just, like, here, you do this to do to get like that, you know. Like, it's, like, he goes – he went in detail with me. He told me a lot of stuff. And I learned so much from just, like, working with him, man. I was really, really, like, blessed to be able to work with someone that's smart. Mm-hmm. So, wait, do you still get coaching under him, or? No, I, um, like, after uh, last year, me and Sean parted ways. And right now, because I had to work with, like, a, a PT to rehab my, my back. Mm-hmm. So, after that, like, I, I just stuck with him because I was like, wow, this guy knows what he's doing. So, I'm just going gonna, gonna to chill with it for a bit and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And, I, like, right now, training is just, like, amazing, man. Like, I haven't even, like, looked back. Nice. Yeah, because um, the interesting thing about coaching is, and I, I'm glad you brought that up, is that you didn't want to charge people your first time through uh, just because you wanted to get a sense of where you're at as a coach and where you're at as a competitor as well. And 
this debate comes up a lot like in powerlifting is how much should beginner coaches charge for coaching and i've always, and i got into a debate with it because there was a recent you know like you know spat between a few lifters of uh, a beginner coaching charging way too much for coaching the first time through and them not really knowing exactly what they're doing and i got into a lot of arguments myself with other people cuz they're like wait well should it be free what do you think they should do i'm like Hey man, there's a lot of unpaid internships yeah, man, in, I in, think the, in like, the business um, world. There's a fine line with it, dude. Like, you have to know like what you're able to provide for people and yeah. like what your worth is as a coach. Like, obviously, when I first started coaching, I thought that I honestly I just wanted to learn more about what it's like to work with different kinds of athletes. So I wanted to work with a handful of people, see what I could do with them, and like literally not charge them so I can learn off of it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's like that's what they're they're literally trusting me to handle their training, man, like, that's already, like, you should be really lucky if you have no experience for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I always make the argument to people because they're so wound up on, well, if I'm doing something, I should get sort of income from it. Like, okay, that's a fair argument, but those unpaid internships exist for a reason in the business world, yeah, in the education world. They exist because that's how you, that's how you start to learn what you're supposed to be doing. Um, exactly. I, I would say, like, you know, charge – you know, start low and then build from there based on what you can provide. It's uh, pretty capitalist for me to say it, but I think that's the best way to go about business and coaching is a business. So um, really quick before I get into my next question, uh, you coach Alex Waters, correct? Yo, tomorrow is going to be nuts, dude. I know I know you're his friend, dude. Tomorrow is going to be nuts. So I'm just wondering, are you going to coach him to pull my opener one day or what? Oh, man, bro. He was like, yo, Angelo's been talking that smack. Like, I got I got to show him what's up, man. Like, I know I'm far behind, but, like, one day he wants to get to prime time. And honestly, man, that that kid has so much potential. Yeah. So much potential, man. Like, it's going to be it's gonna be nuts. Like, what he's, he's going to be doing a lot of damage, I think, two, three years from now. Like, hopefully he's going to be able to get prime time. But he's fucking tall for 83, man. Yeah. He's tall. Yeah, uh, for, for the people listening right now, uh, if you don't know Alex Waters, follow him. I don't have my handle with me right now. It's like Alex H2O or some dumb yeah. shit like that. So you guys can go follow. I had to throw that out there because I've been like, hey, man, you're making a lot of progress. You've been talking a lot of shit to me for some reason. That's yes, crazy. Oh, so I'm like, God. I'm like, if you could pull my opener, you will get a third of my respect. So I can't wait What's for up? that. What's your opener? Uh, 677, 307 kgs. Oh, my God, man. Like. <laughs> So like tomorrow, like he's supposed to be testing his wonder at max. He like had an insane block, like this these past past two months. Like uh, I, I think like his he used to pull conventional, so we like, really had to hammer in like sumo because he wanted to learn so much. So transitioning him over from conventional to sumo was honestly really challenging from the start, but it's been paying off really really well, man. I'm really excited for tomorrow. Yeah, I'm excited to see it too. So, uh, also, Alex, there's your shout out. So you can stop fucking pestering before. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, also, uh, really quick. So you're what? 21 years old. I turned 22 in June. 20. All right. So, uh, yeah. Have you ever received criticism from people getting into coaching at such an early age? Because this is a common thing. People do start to criticize coaches when they are young for. Whatever reason, there is a bit of an, like an elitist coaching tree, an elitist coaching mentality in not only USAPL, but USPA, all the other feds, they really get on people for either being inexperienced or too young to coach. So have you yourself received that? When I first started, it was it felt like that. Um, like 
I would be like in local meets. I'd be handling my clients, and like I'd get like a lot of looks. I'm like, why is he? Why is he working with like people? He's like very, very young. I was like, I think I was 20 at the time. So like I, I was. I'm obviously like, um, I didn't have that much experience yet. So like I, I was getting like that kind of like backlash that you're talking about, or like that um those dirty looks. I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? Like you're you have no experience. You shouldn't be in a place like this. But honestly, man, like I said, you just needed to like build up like credit. Um, like have experience and then people will be like wow yeah he he deserves to be a coach he deserves to be here like um, I, I stopped getting those looks after like a, a really long time of just me like showing my or having my athletes progress stuff like that man like I I, I don't like how that's like a thing but it really is one <laughs> like the whole stigma of like early coaches like it's just so it is yeah I think um, I'm I'm occasionally guilty of that too but then they always have to say like to myself I'm like you got to start somewhere yeah. You know what I mean? Where people always, when they see maybe a high-profile lifter who's young get into coaching and do the whole, uh, I guess I guess I can make fun of the two spots left kind of mentality. Because I'm like, usually when there's two spots left, it means there's probably like 12 spots left. Because <laughs> I've never seen a great coach being like, hey guys, I got two slots left. Like, I've never seen that before in my life. But, but I, I do try to tell people, I'm like, hey, people got to start somewhere. You know, and of course they're not going to be great initially. You could look at it as being in the minor leagues. Like, they got three athletes that they're going with that's a really small stable, but you got to start with three athletes sometimes. And you got to start with beginner athletes. Um, and you can't really take on a guy who's like, all right, I want to I compete in IPF World Championships. Maybe you can't really start off there, and that's fine, but working your way up is definitely a possibility. So I, I do refrain people from completely shitting on a new coach coming in. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, everyone was a new coach at a point. Everyone was a rookie at this. Like, it, it, it's it's it takes an effort to really progress. And um, yeah, and uh, I I because I got wind of your coaching through Alex because he said you're coaching and you you coach I think a few people at Surge too. Um, I think my buddy uh, Josh gets yeah, coached from you. Yeah. yeah. So coach I saw Josh, that too. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. He's getting different people from different areas. That's good to see, and then, you know, and then when I see what Sean has done, Noriega, where he's a young guy himself, but he's really growing on to be a yeah. super good coach. I'm like, see, yeah. this is this is why you don't tell people not to coach if they're young, because they can grow into like a Noriega type or a Joe Sanic type, who's also pretty young himself, and it, it, it could progress from there. Hey man, like Sean, Sean always encouraged me to start coaching off when I was younger because like you obviously need to start off somewhere. And if you start off younger, you like you literally have so much room to and so much time to like mm -hmm. grow as a, like a business man. Like, um, I'm actually really, really happy that I started off so young because like um, I wouldn't be like as invested as I am right now into like the whole sport if I didn't start off that young. To be honest, mm -hmm. like competing is a lot of fun, but I think that I think it's a better feeling like watching your athlete pull a third deadlift and like you're like wow, like I helped him get to this point. Like I think that's just a better feeling for me in general, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so then take me through, like, what, you know, through your experience as a powerlifter, you said you had to go through a lot of, you know, rehab and all that kind of stuff. So is that something you offer to your athletes or something that you help them with? So if it's ever, like, to a point where I don't think I'd be able to help them and, like, it's a very, like, severe injury, I'll never be like, okay, I, I'm going to give you this protocol. I don't want you to see anyone else. Because I'm always gonna be like, if it's if it's to the point where you it's like really serious, like I need you to see some, like a doctor. I need like um, I need you to, them to tell me like what's actually wrong with you. Like, I don't want to just assume that it's one injury when it could be something else. Like I want you to talk to a professional. Um, 
thank God, like, knocking with, like, I've never had an athlete come up to me saying that they've gotten, like, a serious injury. Mm-hmm. But if the case ever had to come up, then that would be what I would do. Okay. Yeah, that's, so. yeah, Joe Stanek talks a lot about that, and he was uh, recently riffing on that as well. Like, coaches are often looked on to have all the answers, and that's not the case, especially because they don't specialize in injuries. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they could help you. And he has actually helped me with a few pains. I'm going to call them injuries, but pains that I was going through. And he, you know, gave me some, you know, mobility stuff, some warm-up stuff to help me through it. I'm like, okay, this is actually a good tool that I have. But if it got severe, then he would say to see a doctor. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, man. I think there's, like, literally, like, a threshold. Like, if if you think that it's not that serious to a point where you you should be able to help them out with it, like, then you should. But mm-hmm. if it's to the point where you can't do anything, like, it's out of your, your scope, then you need to refer them to someone else, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's part of, like, what what you can offer to the table. Like, if you know you can help someone through, like, an acute shoulder ache or pain, then continue to do so and, like, do your job. But, like, if, say, like, someone, like, breaks their leg, like, you, you can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to have them go see a doctor. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, let's, let's, let's circle back to you as a competitor. So, you are in the ever-competitive 74 kg weight class in the yes, USAPL. Sir. So... Tell me about your future goals as a competitor. What do you want to accomplish uh, in the short term? Let's just say 2020, even though, you know, we, we're going through a pandemic right now. There's a, not a whole lot of comps you can do. But what do you want to accomplish in 2020 and then looking ahead through uh, future years? Dude, like everything that's happened this year, like I thought training wasn't going to be the best. But like I'm really blessed to be able to keep training or have been able to keep training because of my home gym. Um, I was supposed to compete in July uh, at like a regional meet, but mm-hmm. obviously Corona did not cancel my meet. Um, but I peaked for my, I peaked anyways, I peaked my squat in July. Um, I hit 584 at 172 pound body weight, which is something I come from, uh, come from water coming from. And honestly, my goals for my next meet, whenever I do compete is to hit at least like a 10 times body weight total. And that's something like I've always wanted to do since I started competing because I would look up to people like Brett Gibbs, um, I love people of like Russ, like they hit like a 10 times body weight total. And like only like a handful of people have done that in the sport. And like, that's something like I want to be able to, like, I want to be on that pedestal. Like I want to be able to be like, that's an accomplishment to me. Mm-hmm. Like if you hit 10 times body weight total, like that's really impressive. To me. Yeah, uh, for sure. And that's, uh, that, I think that's something that everyone's chasing from like in 74 and 83, um, as Ashton Roscoe would say to me, that's not that impressive if you're that light, but I'm like, yeah, actually, of course not to you, you fucking beast of a human being. But, yeah, uh, like, seriously, when you do look at the amount of people who total 10 times body weight, it's very it's very low. How many people in 74 have done it? Uh, I know definitely Michael Taylor, Hug, and Austin. I think that's it right now, in America at least. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, you would have to total 740 to really do that. So, um, And then I think in um, 83, it's just as slim. I think there's Russ, three, uh, Russ, Nori, Gibbs. Maybe Hack? Yeah, so there was... No, I don't even think Hack did it. I think that's it. That's just... Really yeah, so it. that's that's a huge accomplishment in that. So, uh, so, uh, is there any meets that you got planned? Because it looks like right now there's a few... There's a few meets kind of opening their doors. It's hard to really pinpoint them, but they're, they're starting to happen, especially in the fall. Man, like, I'm really, really itching to get back on the platform. Like, it's been, like, a whole year. Basically more for me, considering my... Last Raw Nationals um, competition wasn't what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've just been, like, so, like, antsy to compete. And, like, especially the way the, like, training's been going lately. Like, I want to be able to put my body to, like, a full peak, 
I want to, I want to taper. I want to see what I can hit. Like going, like if I have to water cut, because I haven't water cut in a year and a half. Like I wanted to see if like there would be like a meet in probably like October, November, but New Jersey, like gyms haven't even opened up yet, man. Like mm-hmm. New Jersey, New York, like it just hasn't been looking too good and it's kind of upsetting, but there's supposed to be like a local state meet in New Jersey in September. But honestly, I think that's not even going to happen, man. It's kind of upsetting, but probably if I was going to compete, I'd have to fly somewhere and then like quarantine for like, you know, it's just, it's just like a really awkward scenario. Like this whole COVID thing. It's just, I don't think like really the competition's like, I know it's, it sucks not to compete, but it is what it is. You can't really do anything about it, man. Yeah. Cause um, I mean, I was a fortunate one to get w- at least one competition in 2020 with the Arnold, but now, I mean, yeah. at least in the Midwest has been decent, but the Midwest have been a little bit better with containing certain things with Corona than other but, I mean, granted, not always the case, uh, i.e. the St. Louis Cardinals fucking everything up in Major League Baseball. Yeah, so man, what's going on with that, dude? Well, I mean, if you, yeah, if you, uh, the meet I'm doing is in Missouri, too, and I'm actually going to have a show uh, featuring that, because it's a pretty sweet meet, but, like, it, it does vary from state to state, but, you know, Missouri, something is fucked up in Missouri, because, you know, all the Cardinal players are testing positive and ruining everything for everyone else in baseball, so... Yeah, man. They got to do what the NBA is doing, man. The NBA has, like, that whole bubble thing going on, and it's been, like, really, really successful for them. Like, yeah, but like, I can't trust... Someone, like, goes there, bro, like... Yeah, I can't trust Manfred doing something smart, though. That's, like, not happening. That's, uh-huh. like, way above his pay grade is to do something knowledgeable and smart and not be a complete uh, bitch to the owners of baseball and listen to everything that they say. But that is uh, for my baseball podcast that I don't have. So that's that's a, that's a different rant for a different time. So, yeah, man, I know, I know you're really into baseball and WWE also, man. Like, I'm fucking, I used to love like, watching that shit when I was younger, too, man. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll ask you a few other questions about that later. But, um, so, a bit of a touchy subject. Uh, you said Nationals didn't go the way you wanted to. It, uh, unfortunately, you bombed out. So, that's something that a lot of lifters fear but have to go through. So, what's the mentality like when you, you know, go through that and just kind of picking yourself up to train again? Okay, so um, let me just tell you real quick. The reason, like, I bombed out was, like, so I told you I got injured, like, mm-hmm. of, uh, last last year, like, around August, September-ish, right before Raw Nationals. And I slipped a disc. I slipped my L5-S1. And it was literally, like, the worst thing ever. Like, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't walk. And then, like, I had to go, like, into the meet. Like, I, I went through an entire meet prep. I went my last three weeks without squatting or deadlifting at all. Mm-hmm. So I went into the meet. And, like, I literally, my only goal for that Raw Nationals was to qualify for the Arnold, like, the bare minimum Arnold uh, qualifying total. Mm -hmm. So, like, I knew what I needed to hit on squat. I knew what I needed to hit on bench and then hit on deadlift, obviously. So, I hit what I needed for it on squat, but I missed my third bench. And then I was just like, all right, like, I can't qualify for the Arnold anymore because I I haven't deadlifted in, like, X amount of time. So, like, I'm just like, I'm not even going to walk out to my deadlift anymore. So, like, I just told the the, whoever was at the table, I was like, yeah, I can't can't even come out. Like, I just, I'm injured. So... Mm -hmm. Going out after that, like, my mindset was, like, I'm hungry. Like, I, I want to get back to where I was post, or pre-injury, man. Like, I want to I wanna get back to that and then build off of that. Like, I want to use my injury as, like, a lesson mm-hmm. and make sure something like that never happens again and, like, improve upon that, you know? Yeah. Like, I know the whole feeling of bombing out is just a lot of people are scared of that. But, like, you should only use that as a lesson going forward. If You, use, you shouldn't use it as, like, an anchor weighing you down, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, because that's a, that's the a unique things that powerlifters have to go through sometimes is that, that absolute worst thing you go through is bombing out. 
And for your, I mean, your example too is very similar to a lot of lifters, um, where they either they're injured and they don't really want to take that time off, so they go into nationals and they they try to hit numbers that they're totally not going to, and then bomb out that way, or have to come with realization like, okay, this is not going to be a good meet for me. This is they're going to do what you do. Like I'm going to try my very best to hit the bare minimum what I need to do and get through it. So that's that's always a good it's always a good lesson for lifters yeah man like i i honestly like um i don't want to say that i'm happy that it happened that way but like i honestly don't think that i would have applied the technique changes that i made i wouldn't have um changed up my programming like the way i did like i wouldn't have learned those lessons that i did um like rehabbing um if i'd never gotten injured you know like mm-hmm. i didn't let it like weigh me down i didn't let it like uh set me back it just i looked at it as like i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure something like this never happens again Mm-hmm. Okay, so then let me go back to your coaching. What do you want to accomplish in your future as a coach? So, like, eventually as a coach, like, I want to be able to establish, like, a, a really, like, steady, um, like, team. Like, I want to work with, like, other people that have the same goal as me, like, to coach other people as much as, like, I want to coach other people. And then literally just, like, build off of that, man. Like, it just – I'm really happy with, like, where I'm at right now as a coach. But obviously, like, I'm not, like, I'm not satisfied. I want to keep getting bigger. I want to keep learning more. That's the biggest thing. Like, I know – um, I'm still relatively young, and I have a lot to learn in this, um, like the whole strength field. So it would be nice to like kind of intern un- under like other people too down the road, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, that's th- that'll be a good goal going forward. So let me ask you this: How what are the lifters? Who are who are the lifters that you admire? And then on top of that, who are some of the coaches that you admire as a um, lifter and compet- I mean, lifter and coach. That is a good question. Thank so, you. That's the all I ask. <laughs> so obviously, um, it's pretty biased if I say Sean because he was literally my first coach, and Sean obviously he built his coaching to the point where like it's as successful as it is today. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to, who else do I really look up to? Honestly, like I really like what Joe is doing as coach. Joe has like really made a lot of people succeed in the sport. He mm-hmm. works with a really solid team. Like TSA is really like known for progressing people really well. They 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 work with like um like school teams. They work with a lot of people and they're really successful. They even opened up their own gym in. Like that's something like Joe is like something someone I really look up to also. And I've talked to him a lot, like especially after meeting him last year at Nationals, man, like he's just like a really awesome dude. Someone just said they admire you. <laughs> that's not funny. But other than that, like, I think if I had to think of anyone else, like, my first, the first, like, piloting coach that I kind of, like, tried to learn off as much as I could was, like, probably JP from Australia. Like, he, mm-hmm. his content that he put on, like, YouTube, the content that he, like, posted on his Instagram, I was like, wow, like, he's really smart. Like, I, and he has, like, a lot of athletes that he's coaches, man. Like, I want to be like that one day. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously from, not from uh, America, but he does coach a lot of people from, like, Canada and America. I'm like, he has like that much like reach to reach across the world like that. It's awesome. So I ask this to a lot of people who come on the show and it often leads to a really good conversation. What is one thing you would change about powerlifting currently? And that is a broad question and that could stem from, and that could go any way you want. So it could be even a rule change, a culture change, any of those type of things. So what is one thing you would change about the sport? Change about the sport. Um, honestly, I would, I would kind of, like, change the whole, like, negative stigma between the two federations because, honestly, that does really trigger me. Like, I hate mm-hmm. how people uh, kind of bash 
other federations that they're I've gone to gyms and I've talked to people that have kind of bashed me. I'm like, dude, like, um, I don't, I don't think it's that serious. Like, it's not like a turf war or anything, man. Like, obviously, I got, I won't use like a squat bar, like a deadlift bar, but I'm not trying to like shame it or anything. But I do know there's like some elitists out there that like you shouldn't be using this, you shouldn't be doing that equipment. Um, also, with, like the whole like conjugate thing, man. I hate how people like are so close minded all the time. Like, obviously, I don't, I don't do that. I don't. Uh, program anyone that but like i never i never like bash and i'm like uh yeah like this is something you shouldn't be doing this like, you need to be only using like a straight bar i'm like okay like i, I get it like there's a lot of mixed opinions in the bag but like you seriously shouldn't be like bashing other people for doing what they think there is right man like mm-hmm. um i just hate how like there's so much negativity in that aspect of the sport that's the only thing i'd really change yeah and you know what i would share that opinion but i'm so guilty of this happening to me so many times yeah. where i go off on the you know shit talking rants about different federations. But then the funny thing is federation guys who are elitists in their own federations, whether it be USPA, USAPL, APF, like there's points where they all meet together to just to bash some other federation or like <laughs> some so other true. thing that happened. Because like that's recently so with the whole, um, which I, I don't even know the lifter's name, but it was, you know, of classic Garrett Fear rant, squatting high, Joe Sullivan got on his ass too. I, of course, made my memes about it. And... It was like the thing, like, okay, USPA lifters, WRPF lifters, USAPL lifters could all agree that we hate quarter squats getting past a yeah. competition. It's funny. It's like we'll, we'll argue about something else. Like, we'll argue about the deadlift bar later. We'll argue about um, natty versus not natty. We'll talk about equipment later. But right now, we could all agree there's unity. Stop quarter squatting in competition and getting red li- or white lights for it. Um, it's, the, the it's funny when that, that happens. So like, it's funny. like, I'm like, is this the way like the, the cultures meet like between USPA and USAPL? Like it just both shake hands in solitude saying like, Hey man, we really don't like this federation getting these white or throwing white lights away. Like it's candy. Um, it's, it's like, I'm so guilty of it. But then at the same time, like I'm, I always try to encourage people to compete no matter what federation, you know what I mean? Yeah, like man. get in, get into the sport. I would obviously tell you. Do USAPL meets. I would tell you that because I firmly believe that if you start with USAPL, you could progress into other federations and be fine. I don't know if it's going to be it's going to be as advantageous if you do the other route. If you start an APF or USPA, then try to do USAPL. I don't. You're gonna have there's gonna be a bit of a learning curve, but I just tell people I'm like if I see you on the platform, that's awesome. Especially young lifters. When I see you in the platform and APF USA USPA meets. That's, I mean, that's where I got my start was APF. I love to see it. Um, the elitist for me stops, but then once I think you you start getting to high-level lifters, that's where the elitist talk comes in. That's yeah. where the battles come in. That's where the uh, the shit-talking comes in and, like, trashing other federations. Because I get defensive when, like, people start, you know, making fun of USAPL lifters. Yeah, man. Like, I've gotten that so much, like, people literally just, like, bash the federation that I'm in, like, because they think that their federation's better. Like it's just that's what I, that's what I'm talking about, man. Like I'm so sick of that, bro. But like when I first started lifting, bro, like I I was literally like this close to doing an RPS meet because like I literally went on my computer. I remember this like it was yesterday. I went on my computer. I typed up local New Jersey powerlifting meet. Yeah. So I literally just like what's the closest one next to my house? And I picked up an RPS and I was like, all right, I guess I'm doing this meet. But then I came into the gym and I started training for it. And a kid comes up to me. He's like, hey man, what meet are you signing up for? What's the meet are you doing? He, and I told him. He was like, wait a minute, <laughs> like. Um, I think you should try out this federation. I was like, all right. Like, <laughs> I didn't really know the difference between it yet, man. Like, it was just, I just wanted to get my, my foot in the water. Like, I wanted to start powerlifting, but obviously, like, things would have been so different if I started with RPS, man. 
Yeah, I mean that. I mean that's exactly what happened to me. But no one told me about USAPL. And in New Jersey, <laughs> I know USAPL has a stronger uh, presence than Illinois. Because Illinois, the 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 meet, the actual the first meet I did, their gym is located in the same area that Raw Nationals took place in Illinois. Um, right across the street, the Western Hotel is right across the street from Two XL Gym, and that's where the APF uh, state chair is. So that's. I mean, Holy that's that's 15 minutes away from my house, so that was an easy yeah, choice for really me. And, <laughs> yeah, and then no one told me about USAPL until, I mean, I had to find out about USAPL by myself. I had to find out USAPL through Instagram, through YouTube, and all that stuff, and um, but this is uh, dead now, but uh, Powerlifting Watch, like my first yeah. Nationals meet in APF, um, I thought I was hot shit, because I won Best Overall Lifter, and... Uh, and then, oh, and then I uh, transitioned onto WPC Worlds, um, which is also like kind of local too, which is pretty funny. It's Worlds, and it was still local in Illinois. But after that, I thought it was you know, you know, big big deadlift, six eighty three deadlift at uh, one hundred eighty one pounds. I'm like I got to see where I stack up. Then I'm like, oh son of a bitch, I'm way, I'm way under this, uh, especially with raw lifting. Like see, finding out that you're like thirty eighth ranked when you think you're like the one of the best lifters in america because it, it like hit me i'm like i don't think i'm the best lifter in america there's something right now even though i won nationals in apf there's something like in my heart that i know i'm not that good so i uh powerlifting watch which was replaced by the obviously 27 million times better open powerlifting that's that kind of humbled me and i noticed that uh usapl lifters were at the top of the list um, even with, even including, and I didn't even know like the differences really how big the differences were between tested and untested federations. I knew they, they existed, but I didn't know to what extent. And I'm like, holy shit, all the top guys in 81. And like, when I noticed 83, I'm like, they're, they're in the drug tested federation. That's insane. And I'm a drug free athlete. So that's, that's how I got about USAPL was through social media and, you know, word to mouth and all that kind of stuff. So. Dude, I've been um, following you for a long time, man. Like, I was like, oh, uh, because I, I followed you literally when you used, like, a deadlift bar and, like, you deadlifted in your heels. So I'm like, damn, how the hell is this guy so strong? Like, I wanted to see, I, I want to see him, like, compete with, um, like, USAPLs. And I wonder what, like, he'd stack up against. Because, like, I've been, like I said, I've been following for a long mm-hmm. time. I wanted to see what you were, like, competing against people that were in the top of my federation, too, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you like, know what? The, like, stack up against a team, man. It's crazy. Yeah, um, and you know what? Here's a. Because people have to, because Tim told me the same thing last week, and I thought about it. This is kind of the debate that happens, and I'm so glad that I actually did it. Like, I wasn't that psyched about it initially. I was just like, okay, USAPL, I'll do this because I know the top guys are here. But my plan was only to do one USAPL meet, or two USAPL meets. One to qualify for nationals, because nationals was in yeah. Illinois, and then that's it. Then you do USPA meets. I fell in love with USAPL, obviously. Um, got really involved in the the culture of it, and just I recognize that the competition strength is way better than you're going to get um, in USAPL than compared to USPA and uh, uh, APF. Like, but, I know USPA has like a drug tested faction also, but I just think that it's not it's not as good. <laughs> yeah, I think that USAPL's like drug tested um, like competitions are just so much uh, one they're more competitive and they're like more strict with the drug testing. I just think that it's going to be superior as long as. It exists, man. Like I, I, I would be interested in doing one of those meets down the road, but I don't know. It's just probably just for fun, not really that serious. Yeah, me too. I mean, I have thought about it before, but now it's just like you're so 
deep into it. And you, when you start moving up the rankings, you're just like, why even, why even take a competition that is not going to matter for you? Like in the long term, in the rankings, it's just to, it really at the end of the day, it's see how much you could pull on the deadlift bar. That's what I noticed. When Dude, people, I've always wanted to pull on one, man. I've always yeah. wanted to pull on one. It always, it always happens that way. Like I think even Pug did it. Like after nationals, he did a USPA meet, and it's always the same thing. How much can we pull on the noodle bar? Like that's what we that's what we that's what we want to know. But uh, when people do tell me, it's like, well, USPA has got a drug tested division. I'm like, yeah, but it's just not as good. And I'm not saying it's not as good as far as even strictness. I'm saying if you start getting Russ, Sean, uh, you know, all these other people from USAPL to USPA drug tested division, then I'll consider it because that's why I compete in USAPLs for that I know competition. Sean was thinking about it, dude. Sean told me he was, like, thinking about doing it eventually. Yeah, um, which I think that it was due to just the uh, – some some of the decisions made by USAPL. But now I'm like – I can't see even, like, Sean doing that because he's so – he's getting closer and closer with Russ that, dude, like – Russ is still fucking close, man. Yeah, they're, they're getting closer. So that's I, – I think that you, whenever that happens, you're just like, okay, I can't stop my momentum now. Um, I, I could see, but I think if you do USPA meets, you might get banned from IPF. Um, on certain yeah, occasions, so you got to always like, think like, about the that. Eyes are on him, man. Like you got to be careful. Like if you do ever want to do a meet, like outside, even, even if it's, it's e- I believe even if it's drug tested. But um, I'm actually not sure about that rule. If it's drug tested, would they care? Because I know if it's non-drug tested, which would be pretty sweet, right? To see Russ even staying clean compete against Hack or something, or try yeah, to take yeah, Hack's records with 24-hour weigh-ins and a deadlift bar. Like you it just, could, it's kind of risky though, man. Like, oh yeah. Uh, it, is it worth it? To even oh no. And that? he will, and he will get, he will get probably kicked out. Like <laughs> he will actually yeah, definitely yeah, will get yeah. kicked out if he did a USPA meet. Um, especially if he's an IPF, but yeah. And there's just like a lot of people that like, I, I don't really like, like to be honest, it's just that they, they exist in the Federation and like, I, I can't really do anything about it. Like, like obviously like one, one really dumb rule that I didn't like at all was like the t-shirt thing for deadlifts. Like you yep. can't wear a t-shirt when you deadlift or you have to wear a t-shirt when you deadlift. I yeah. was like, all right, like, it is what it is. Uh. Yeah, that's that's like my my my, always, my thing to always describe the IPF is just weird. Like yeah. they do weird things. Like okay, taking off your shirt on deadlifts, which I talked about on the show, like to nauseam at this point. But taking off your shirt on deadlift, okay, you can do it, or you can't do it. They made the rule changing that. Does it matter? No, but it's weird that. It's like, a I rule. Like it literally, like lifted the weight for you. I'm like, all right, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that was that was the that was the occasion where they just started trying to pass really really stupid rules in the IPF. Um, which, thank God, that was the most stupid rule that passed because there was about to be some really other stupid. Yeah, they rules. like almost made like arch rules, <laughs> yeah. man. That would have been so bad. That would have yeah. been so bad. I yeah, the the flattest. Yeah, I we had a we had a show topic about that, like the flattest possible bench or flat back has to be as flat as possible, which is just like how do you even enforce that? How do you go through that? Um, there are logical rules that a lot of USAPL lifters have been like, okay, that that makes sense, but the flattest possible, like I wouldn't bench flat back that's that's actually a shitty way to bench even if you're trying to bench properly i wouldn't tell anyone to bench with yeah, a flat like back as possible those things those like comments too of like on social media about like the whole archie thing man that shit is so annoying bro mm-hmm. like yeah I, I get that all my arch isn't even like something to be like that's impressive compared to other people but like seeing those like comments in like on like my post i'm just like do people really think this way 
Like, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Yeah, and I've received very little of that because my bench is so bad that my arch isn't necessarily like oh, Adam. People, people are like, all right, whatever. <laughs> who cares? Because it's not an extreme arch, but at the same time, the bench isn't that good. So um, I remember, yeah, I, I remember getting actually comments, which is funny because I'm, you know, I'm, um, I'm quick to even stop compliments on my page to tell people that they're wrong, even though they're complimenting me, which. I, that could be a good or bad thing how you look at it, but I'm just always going to say what's on my mind. But I remember uh, it was two occasions. They said, man, I really admire your bench. You don't have to uh, have an arch. I'm like, yeah, but my bench max is 340, dude. I'm like, I suck at benching. <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not good at it. I don't like I'm glad you admire my shitty bench, but. Like don't don't say oh it's good because you don't arch like no dude like I'm I'm falling down in the rankings. Wait and- hold up bro one second um Joe Static just came into my chat he's just like imagine scrolling Twitch and I see this face talking about shitty. <laughs> <laughs> well it's gotten better story, Joe it, it's it has gotten better uh yeah uh we we have improved the bench but from <laughs> from what I've gotten in the past was I admire your non-arch or non-good arch bench because it looks better but it still sucks and then the other one was um my squat depth like my squat depth is good and someone's like well at least you get better depth than russ i'm like he also squats 150 pounds more than me at the time he squatted 150 pounds more than me i'm like hey man if i could cut my depth a little bit high and still get away with a 650 pound squat I'm going to do that every single time. Like, don't oh, don't yeah. try to score <laughs> points with me because you think that you're complimenting me. Like, oh, dude, your squad's better than Russ because you get deeper. I'm like, no, it fucking isn't. You're wrong. You're incorrect. Please don't ever say that to me again because you make me feel <laughs> like shit because I will look at Russ's squad and be like, oh, he kills me on the squad. So, um, Hey, man, your squad's looking good, though. Dude, oh, yeah, yeah improvements have been so made. Honest, you're getting, getting, getting there, man. Getting up there. I, I'm trying very hard to release the, to erase the stigma of being a deadlift specialist. Even though I will, I will die being proud of being a deadlift specialist. What are your goals for the next meet, man? Curious. Uh, well, considering Joe's on here now, he gave me some pretty awesome lofty goals that um, I will, I will get on. Uh, I, I might further elaborate once we start hitting singles and see how we progress. But the goals are high right now. Um, but the one thing I can say um, without, like, gassing myself up too much, because that's what I'm trying to avoid right now, 800 kg total. If we can hit 800 kg total, that is my goal. That was the goal for 2020. The goal for 2020 was break the deadlift record, which we did. Check. First, first check mark done. Total over 1,700, did that as well. Second check mark done. Now it's 800 kg and become one of the five best 83 kg lifters that's, in that's the USA. That's the thing, man. Like the 800 kg mark is like top five already. That's what I, I saw mm-hmm. that too. I'm like, dude, that's that's such an impressive feat to get done, man. Yeah, but um, but uh, like a like a nice one, like a 285, 175, 350 uh, would be Ooh, amazing. That would be fantastic. But if you, because uh, if Joe's still on the Twitch, uh, that's the the three fifty might be a little conservative in his mind. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! Man. Yeah, but uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, you can't say because we, we just got done with like a lot of variations and all that stuff. So I always, you know, we we got the goals set out for us, but 
you know, you got to stay grounded until you start hitting those singles and start really getting into your taper. Then you could start like really pinning, pinpointing some numbers that you could hit. But um, I think, you know, the squat and bench, we, we kind of know where we're at on that. So, hey man, it's fucking exciting, man. Just, just keep killing it. Like, obviously, you said you went through a variation block. Like, I remember, like, whenever you do, like, a tempo set or, like, a pause set, I send it to some of my clients. I'm like, guys, this is how honest you need to be with yourself when you're doing a variation mm-hmm. like this. That's how you get the most out of it, man. I Literally. will I will say I'm a little uh, disappointed with some of my pause deadlifts. Like, looking back on videos, it felt like I was pausing my deadlifts. Like, my 300 that I paused for four. It's like, ah, shit. Some of those did not look like pauses. Oh, so, like... God. You're so hard on yourself, bro. But honestly, that's what got you to where you are today, mm-hmm. like being this hard on yourself, man. Um, I, I can speak from experience also. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because uh, th- powerlifters are still guilty with this. Like, two-count pause bench, three or uh, three-one-zero tempo bench, or a five-one-zero tempo bench. I'm like, you guys know how to count to five, right? Yeah. You guys know how to count to three, right? And I just look, I'm like, that's a regular bench. Is that's that, a regular squat. Like, your tempo man. squat is just you kind of, like, that seems like a regular squat normally for you. So, yeah. uh, high-level lifters are guilty of this, too, which is kind of amazing, but, you know, I, I guess you can't knock results, really. It is what it is, man. Yeah, if you, if you do said, a self- uh, tell him I'm good with the 350. We got time to hit bigger stuff with the eye emojis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's actually funny. They asked me a while ago. That's actually, like, the, uh, I guess, the account of having Twitch on. <laughs> I forgot Joe is on Twitch, so because he just he like we did a video chat today, like of uh, our goals. So he literally just missed me gassing him up too, guys. <laughs> he'll, he he listens to all the episodes. He, he he'll get this. Oh my god! So now you mentioned, and um, I'm always interested in this part because um, I'm super big in other sports. I'm a big sports fan just in general. Um, if I could go back in time, I would play all the sports. Uh, because I wasn't really good at the sports that I played, but I just love playing sports so much. What did you play? I played uh, football and baseball. Nice. And pretty mediocre at both, if you ask me. Um, but I just, I enjoy sports. And I know you played baseball too. How, how, how different would you compare baseball and like powerlifting? Um, first, the biggest thing is literally, like, it's not team sport anymore. Uh-huh. Going from like something where you could... You had to like rely on other people. Um, going from that to like literally on your own, it was very different for me. Like, um, but the thing is, like the practices, the practice vibe never really like changed because I would surround myself in a community that would help me get better. So that's one thing I'm really grateful for. Like I was in a really good powerlifting gym. Like they had a lot of support, a lot of really strong people and like uh, friendly people to work out with. But going from like a sport where like I needed or I didn't have to rely on anyone anymore, like it was just. Um, I had to like put my head down and just like work. Um, mm-hmm. honestly, like it was kind of depressing at first because like, I, I love baseball. Like baseball was like my sport I played since I was like six or seven years old. Mm-hmm. And like, if I didn't have like the surgery, like I probably could have still been playing to be honest. Like I had, I had a couple of showcases in high school and I got, I got like a few like D3 offers that I was like really, really close to taking, mm-hmm. but D3 obviously doesn't give you any money for school. Yeah. And that was one thing I really needed. So, um, it was just like I wanted to keep my competitive edge because obviously like, I got my personality. Like, I like to compete. I like to um, be against like other people, um, just like the way I, I am. Mm-hmm. But going from like that team sport to the penalty was just so different, man. Yeah, the debate within powerlifting of it being a team sport or not, 
um, is something that I had to do a bit of a change on because that's what I loved about powerlifting. I think the, uh, the big thing that was holding me back in other sports was the fact that it was a team sport. And not so much that everyone says, like, you know, the mistakes from your teammates can hurt you. But it was the opposite for me. The mistakes I made would hurt the team. And I, like, I would seriously lose sleep at night thinking about that. Like, and the example that I always think of to this day, and when you look back at it as a 27-year-old man, you're like, that's not even important. It doesn't make sense. But you still think about it is this one kid um, was throwing this fucking great game. Uh, you know, it was five innings in. He had, like, eight strikeouts, one hit. He was mowing. That was against our rivals, too. And he was mowing them down. Great game. And I made a fucking huge error, a stupid error, too, as a pop-up that I just flat-out missed. I misjudged completely. I was at second base, too. Um, and the runners were on first and second. They scored. Like, one of them scored. He gave up a hit. We lost three three to one. And I just remember that entire, like, that entire season, like, it got back to it because I just ruined his entire pitching performance with that error. And in powerlifting, like, that's why I was – I'm way more calm as a lifter as I was as a football player, baseball player. Football, you can get away with just doing your job. You know what I mean? That was always my philosophy when I played football. Do your job. You don't have to be a star player. You just got to do your job for the guy next to you. You don't have to – because I played defensive line. You don't have to – I don't have to have, you know, three tackles for loss a game, a sack – all I got to do is make sure I'm controlling that guy in front of me, not get blown back so my linebackers can do work. That was a little bit easier for me, even though I had a lot of anxiety. But baseball, you're out there. Like, dude, baseball, dude, you are really out baseball there. Baseball is fucking over, man. Like, you literally could cost your team the whole game. That yeah. was, like, I get that nerve-wracking, like, anxiety thing at night. Like, dude, like, uh, I, I played I played middle infield. I played short and third base, too. So, like, if I made, like, one error, like, I would get, like, just like shit on like mm-hmm. one by my dad my dad always like was so hard on me in sports and then like my coach and my team was just like bashing because um like i'm the captain so like, they, they were able to be like that towards me because they knew i was supposed to be able to do that stuff but mm-hmm. that's why like um going from like somewhere where you could be a little bit more you could you know, have more room for like error like powerlifting like going from like baseball to powerlifting that was just like wow like a mm-hmm. relief you know yeah i because yeah always with just baseball because i actually developed the like a bit of the yips when i was fielding too because i got really i got into my head like bad with uh, fielding. like hitting hitting i was a little calmer like i could do but i started off as a good fielder but then it gets in your head if you start making errors and you start costing your team's games yeah i was actually my glove my glove um i couldn't stop doing this one thing with my glove i couldn't stop unraveling my glove on catching like a uh, and i couldn't follow it in fully really i stopped oh, following no. it in i got so scared to like look at the ball i would always like look up when i caught it and sometimes it would work like to a really quick hands play but the yips is a crazy thing in sports that i love like talking it's a about thing. Do people don't believe it it's literally yeah, it's real. a thing, literally a thing. i had a, so i had a few teammates a few teammates who wanted to go play college ball who developed the yips they couldn't they they uh division one they played at university of illinois good pitcher he hit three batters in a row in a game and couldn't find the strike zone for a whole year. Oh, man. He couldn't, and, and it's it was a fast, and he had actually an article written about him because he developed, he got back into it, but it is a huge mental block that you have to get through in baseball to, to, to really, to, to 
progress. You know what I mean? You got to get through like a massive mental block to really do it. But, um, but in, in powerlifting, you know, you're just out on a platform and if you fuck up a squat, only one you're pissing off is yourself. Yeah. You're not letting anyone else down. And that's like the easiest thing for me about powerlifting. Like, okay, the only person you're letting down yourself or letting only person you're letting down is yourself. And that's actually good for me. Um, as opposed to all the other sports where you're just letting down your entire team and they, uh, you could tell that they, they just want, they, they want to say something, but can't sometimes. Oh, one, and uh, also getting lit up in a game when you're pitching. Yeah. That's, dude, that's, that's hard. Like one time I had to stay out there and I gave up. I'm not even joking. Cause I wasn't really a pitcher. I had to come in because our other pitcher got rocked too. So I had to go in just to save his arm. And I think, I'm not even joking, I think I gave up 12 earned runs. They were just hitting everything in a gap. That's why I never pitched, dude. I was, yeah. like, so scared of getting rocks like that, bro. They, they, they like... hit everything in the gap. They were just destroying me. And I remember just, like, this most deflating feeling ever. I got out of the inning. It took, like, three days to get out of the inning. And then they, and then I remember, like, my coach just looked at me, and he's like, Respect, Fortino. Oh, he just looked at me. He's like, he's like, respect. He's like, that was so bad that you stuck out there and had to take that. I'm like, I just have to respect you for it. But then oh, I remember it was the last game of the season too, and they were all, you know, we went out to like Buffalo Wild Wings, and I was just sitting there like silent, and they're all like trying to like, hey, let's go, let's go up, uh, let's go play uh, on the arcade games. I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, dude, what's wrong? I'm like, dude, I gave up 12 earned runs in <laughs> one inning. <laughs> <laughs> like oh that I'm like we lost 23 to 2 because of that but we lost so bad it became funny because Where's when the you mercy rule man there's no mercy rule That's Well you got girl. mercy it was 23 it was 23 to 2 like we couldn't stop. we we ended the game after 5 innings but it was 23 oh, God, to 2 <laughs> It, it was bad. So, yeah, that's that's uh I, that's that's usually the answer that I get when I ask like former athletes between powerlifting and like uh, a sport like football or baseball, because a lot of people have that background, um, especially football, where they're like, you don't have to really rely on others. Certain people would say, at least, you know, the error my teammate will cost me my performance, but a lot of other people say my errors will cost the team. So. Dude, you ever miss playing, dude? Like, I literally, since quarantine started, bro, I, like, started, started having a catch with my dad again, bro. I'm like, dude, I'm so watched, though. I actually, I played in a men's league um, up until oh, really? two years ago, I think. The, the past two summers weren't the only the, were the two years in play, but yeah, I played in a men's league um, for three years. That was yeah. that was fun as hell. That was, was fun. fun. Yeah, because we were. I mean, it's a men's league, so you're because in high school you think your games matter and they don't. They don't matter, no matter what you're really looking at it. Like, especially in baseball, you know what I mean. In baseball, so many things are based on uh, like. Summer leagues, like that's when really the scouts start looking at you is in the summer yeah. leagues and all that stuff, and not really your high school baseball team. That's where you get the scouts. So, in high school baseball, you like quickly realize that even if even if you get to state, no one really cares that much. It, it's not that important. I guess football would be different, even though in the grand scheme of things, no, it doesn't matter as much either. It's more character building because I had friends who played football who really messed up their bodies. And we were a good football team, but they messed up their bodies. And, you know, they were getting these surgeries at the age of 18 and 19 for high school. And, like, was 
Seriously, if we won state, was it really worth it? Character development, man. Character development. Yeah, it's like, was it seriously, It was it really worth playing through injuries? Because they did. They played through bad injuries. Like, my friend played on a fractured forearm. He played on, uh, like, one of my other friends tore his labrum, um, tore his MCL, still played in the game. And, oh it, it like, when you're 18 years old and you're taking, and people are taking, uh, what are those shots? I always forget those shots. Uh, the, the the cortisone shots, right to the knee. Cortisone shots to the knee, and you're 18 years old. They're Playing gonna feel for that when they're 40, dude. They're gonna feel that. Yeah, but I, I mean, they feel like they felt it when they're 18. They felt it when they're 19. Yeah. Like they kept on injuring their knees. Like, dude, oh was God. it really worth? Like, I don't know if it's. I, I can't really say if it was worth it or not. Saying an 18 year old is like having to take painkillers. Just to play a sport for a public school, you know what I mean? And you win state, like, you're not getting any money from it. Most of us, hell, I mean, fucking all of us didn't really play for D1 schools. Just for the memories, man, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> looking back, thank God I never got injured like that bad. Holy yeah. shit. All right. So I'm going to introduce a new segment. Usually we play either FMK or Word Association. I'm going to try something new. We're making history already with a Twitch slash podcast. So I want to shoot this one out to you. I'm going to call it two white lights. I'm going to give you three options. You're going to give two white lights on two of the options and a red light on one. So we'll start off easy just so we get the game. Squat, bench, deadlift. What gets white lights and what gets the red light? Um, squat and bench get the white light. Deadlift gets the red light for me. Ooh, that yeah. is... That's a surprising one. I would. Dude, I think if I played this game with other guests, uh, de- deadlift always gets the white light. Dude, so what's man, your reasoning like, behind it? Like my deadlift has been, um, like that. First of all, it's a, it's a lift that like injured me, and mm-hmm. it's like had like this mental block for me. So like the progress for that obviously hasn't been the best, and it's just whenever I whenever I deadlift, I get so like into my head, uh, like trying to get into the position that I want, and never am satisfied with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But when I do hit those deadlift yards, it obviously feels like the, the, the most rewarding because obviously it has been the most stagnant lift. But I just enjoy squatting and benching so much. Like my bench frequency is six times a week. I obviously wouldn't be doing that if I didn't enjoy doing it. Um, squat, like just reworking my whole squat pattern, like it was just so much fun to do. And like it just feels so good now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I would probably, I would obviously give the red light to bench. But recently I've been starting to maybe give the white light because what I've realized with bench like squat, once you start getting really good at squat, the weight obviously gets heavier, and it's just painful after a while. Like yeah, it's, yeah. I and I said this to, I said this to Mar when he came on the show. Um, like I always get nervous on squat, no matter what. Opener to third attempts, I'm always the most nervous on squat because when you feel the weight on your like back, it's like whoa, okay, I'm definitely hitting a one rep max right now. I'm yeah. definitely hitting something big, and I know the. Room for error is quite high, especially with squat. Uh, where bench, if you start getting good at it, and luckily I've been making progress, you know, it's kind of a it's, a, it's a pretty regular lift. You could contain everything. You could kind of control things. Where squat, you really have to be dialed in on it's your so technique. so much room for error on squat, dude. It's such a technical lift, man. Yeah. Like, and you have to be worrying about a lot of things, like your what your center mass is, like where your depth is going to be at. Like, there's just so many things you need to worry about during squat, man. So much can go wrong. Like, yeah, and then even, even the walkout, like the walkout, yeah, kind of even yeah. nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, I remember at the Arnold, yeah. I got a quick down, or I got a quick squat command, and that scared, like, 
because I was looking down still. I didn't give the sign to the, the head judge that I was ready to squat. So he said yeah. squat. So I'm like, okay, I have to be really careful because if I move a little bit, that's a red light from the yeah. center judge because yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can't make another motion. I'm like, there's so many things. But still, I guess, just if I'm going to count as far as my progress goes, I would say uh, white lighting, squat, and deadlift, and red lighting bench. Not even surprised you said deadlift. Man. Oh, yeah, of course. Long, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, it's still the it's, – it's always it's – always, especially when you hit your first deadlift too. Like your deadlift opener, like your nerves are kind of you're like gone, almost you're gone. In the, meat. in the meat, man. Yeah, you're in the meat. You got you get a total at the end of the day. It could be a good total, like for certain people, if they just hit their deadlift opener. So, um, yeah, I would. I think I think uh, the popular answer would be white lighting deadlift. All right, another kind of easy one: USAPL, IPF, USPA. Uh, I'm very biased that. White lights for USAPL, IPF, red light or USDA, just because I don't see myself. Yeah, that's a surprise because we just talked about how weird IPF yeah. is, but we still got a white light it just yeah, because I still, I still you have, have to. to. <laughs> still have to. Yeah, I guess I would I, – I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe I would red light the IPF would just because. Yeah, what, what if you well, – Well, like and, and I've never competed there, so. Yeah. <laughs> what if you got to the point where you were in a position to compete in the IPF? You, would you – Well – I say that, but then I look at a lot of IPF lifters who aren't international. They have the USAPL background where they do the international meets because they're so good. Uh, and a lot of them are just like, yeah, I mean, we don't feel really affiliation to them at all. We don't feel, yeah. we always feel like the meets are a very serious connotation to them um, and just kind of a weird format. And. I think with all the U.S. with the problems that people have with the USAPL, I think the IPF at times, the IPF times could be looked at as a worse version of USAPL, just based on the higher ups decisions and some weird stuff that they do, um, especially with just the. I, I would I would still call the decision of taking away IPF world records at the Arnold as just pettiness. Dude, and, I thought the IPF. Like, I thought Arnold was IPF. I'm pretty it, sure. Well, yeah. So uh, um, at, at first it was. I think 2019 it wasn't. Uh, but oh, this shit. year was NAPF, which you could break IPF records at NAPF meets. It's under the same oh. IPF rules. But they, we, uh, if you guys want to listen to the show with Ash and Rousko, we covered why they took away those records. And what I just came down to was absolute like. There wasn't really any great legitimate reason to take away IPF records, um, aside from pettiness, and that's what I thought I happened. And I see that it seems like every year you get the same thing with IPF doing something weird and strange that people don't like, especially in the USAPL. Um, and IPF lifters are like, well, we have no fucking choice. We kind of just got to compete within the IPF, and that's just, this kind of normal to us. Where decisions that USAPL makes, that's normal to us too. But uh, yeah, I think I think I, w- I think I might red light IPF and keep it USPA because that's fair. That's very fair. Man. At, at the end of the day, USPA is always going to be USPA. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's is it is it, does it have the glitz and glam of USAPL? No, but at the end of the day, it's just a good federation where great lifters compete at. That's a fact, and like yeah. that's literally the only reason why I didn't say I'd white light USPA is because I never saw myself <laughs> competing in it. You know? Yep. All right. Here's another one. This is improvised. It's on the spot. Yes. Crop tops, anime, oh. 
Baseball. Oh, that's a hard one. Oh, wait, hold on. Gaming. Are you a big gamer? Um, honestly, I do like games, but I'm honestly not, like, okay. not, Fuck not it that then. good. Forget, so. forget that. So, crop tops, anime, baseball. Oh, man. Uh, I have to white light anime because literally I love anime. Like, I probably, I probably, I just started wearing crop tops, man. So I got to red light that. Like, that's all, that's the only reason why, that's the only thing I can think of why I would red light any of that, man. Like, I, I can't give up baseball. I love watching it. I played it for literally, like, over a half of my life. Like, I cannot red light baseball, man. Like, it just, like, I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't play, man. Yeah, I would have, I, I mean, this would be an easy one for me because, Every show now is just me bashing anime and saying I don't like it on Two White Lights. And even today, because if Joe's still tuned into the Twitch, um, since I posted that thing of Avatar not being an anime. And that was the only thing that I've watched. Like, that's the only thing. That's the only, like, animated TV show that I've watched that isn't a comedy. My girlfriend made me watch Avatar. I'm like, all right, it's cute. It's pretty funny, I guess. It's cool. I like it. Um, And then I told Joe, he's like, oh, that's not even anime. I'm like... Okay, and I posted my story today. I've been getting a bunch of just DMs of people like, what do you think of Avatar? And wait, why isn't Avatar? I'm like, guys, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't fucking watch Dragon Ball Z, Attack on Titan. All the stuff that you guys love, I don't do. I know you live to anime music, so I just... Dude, I'm telling you, man, there's literally a correlation in strength and amount of anime that you watch. I swear to God, man, it's a thing. It's a thing, man. Look at all the strong lifters that live to anime music as well. Like, it's just... It's literally direct correlation. I'm well. All right. So I mean, because for yeah, for me, and I never wore a crop top in my life, and probably never will. Because I don't look. I you know what? But here's the thing. Because I know there's a thing on crop tops. I'm not completely against crop tops. I, and when I say that I'll never lift in a crop top, is not because I think they look stupid. I just don't think I'll look good in a crop top. Like I just don't. I'm like I I know how I look. I think crop tops at a point could have been a cool look. I talked about it with my girlfriend. I'm like, you know what? You know, being a fan of like '90s football, and like, and the, you know, That's like, what we're going for it, dude. That's yeah, what we're going yeah, for. fashion of the '90s. I'm like, I could get on, I could get on crop tops. Then I like looked at myself in a crop top. I'm like, nope, this is not for me. I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a crop top guy. I'm just, I just don't have the either face or body <laughs> structure to have a crop top. Um, but I have seen a lot of like guys do the reverse now because so many people are wearing crop tops, i.e., because of Russ Orhi. Um, yeah. Chance Mitchell went on a rant like this isn't you're not you're not <laughs> Deion Sanders. Story to me, dude. It was so funny. Yeah, was, like, talking about you. It's like yeah, you're not you're not Deion Sanders in the uh, <laughs> at playing at Florida State in the '80s. You're not Will Smith. It's like it's like if you're not one of those people, stop wearing crop tops. And I'm like, see, I'm not that extreme about it because like I when I see you wear the crop top, when I see like Pug wear the crop top, Austin wear the crop top, like you know what? They look good in it. Like, it fits them. It, it works. I'm like, but, I mean, if Pants Mitchell wore a crop top, I'd be like, no, I don't think he I don't think he could rock a crop top. You know what I mean? Like, you just that'll don't be, think he can't, he can't rock it. Yeah. You can't rock it. Like, I think, like, Ellis McClain, because I don't know if he wears crop tops, but I'm like, he'll look good in a crop top. Like, you don't yeah, have he, to be, you don't have to have a shredded six-pack or, like, Come a nice. On, man. What's like, up? Ellis literally wears a kilt, and he looks great in it, yeah. man. Like, that's what I'm saying, Yeah, man. certain certain dudes could pull off looks. I'm saying, I'm like, you don't, you don't have to be like super shredded to work. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying certain people can and certain people can't. I'm one of those who can't, but whatever. It's a fashion statement. I'm cool <laughs> on. But if I had to ask you, if Russ didn't wear a crop top, would you be wearing a crop top? I would right not now? even 
dude, I literally wouldn't even think that's a thing. Like, <laughs> kidding me, man? Like, you got to give credit where credit's due, man. He started the wave. Yeah, and um, I always go back to, I'm like, well, he's a much cooler looking human being than me, so I'm not going to wear the crop top because he's doing it. And I think it was last year around this time he started wearing them, and I made, like, a thing, I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm like, new USAPL trend, crop tops. It's going to happen. And, it, and I took a, a little bit. Like, it took a while, but it happened. I'm in a group chat with like Austin, Pug, and like we're like, "Yo, let's start wearing crop tops." So we literally all of us just started wearing it, dude. It was yeah, so funny. And to, to their credit, I think that uh, I, th- I I think they look good in them. Um, I think the only time again the criticism is like where I'm in group chats with other people. I'm like, do people have to do things that Russ does always? <laughs> I'm like, they, I'm like, occasionally you guys could just not do the same thing that Russ does. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get it, but occasionally you could be like, you know what? I'm not going to go through the effort of cutting half my shirt off just because this guy wears it as well. It's in high hopes that we become as strong as him one day. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, he's only worn it for about a year, or so he, he, he built a foundation before that. Remember that. Literally. literally. So, yeah, I, I have fun with it. All right, so how about this? Um because that, that one might have been a little bit difficult. How about baseball, wrestling, and anime? Uh, I love wrestling, dude. I lo- I've loved watching it, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I spent, like, I don't watch it now because, obviously, like, I've fallen off a bit. But older wrestling was, like, I watched it every Monday Night Raw, every um, mm-hmm. SmackDown, SmackDown on Friday nights, man. Like, I went to WrestleMania one year. Like, oh, I shit. Loved, I loved watching it, man. Yeah, I uh, I went to Monday Night Raw in 2001, and The Rock cut one of his, like, most famous promos, and it was seriously, like, you could just feel, I mean, I, I might be, like, cliche right now, but you could feel the electricity. Yeah. When The Rock came out there and you just saw him control the mic, you just felt, like, this thing go through your body, like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah man, he's literally, like, hit the, the charisma that he brings, like, when he... Like comes out with his entrance song, man. It's just like insane. Yeah. Like I know it's all like, staged and stuff, but like it literally was just like an experience. Like I thought it was so real until I was like well, probably ten, eleven years old, man. Yeah, well, yeah, when they were when they cut those promos, though, though that's uh that's not especially like guys like The Rock. They came up with it on the spot. That's why yeah. like it wasn't ever like okay, here's what you're going to say tonight. It wasn't like that. It was The Rock was getting a mic and saying whatever he wanted, and it was. It was amazing. It was the most, and that was the best part of the night. Was the Rock? It was the Rock and Chris Jericho, and Rhino and Stephanie McMahon in the ring. So it was like a back and forth between them, and that was the most memorable thing. Was that? And I'm like, man, I got to see the Rock in person. Dude, like I got to, awesome. I got, I got to see him do his thing. It was awesome. Like probably my favorite WWE moment was when um I got backstage passes to Monday Night Raw, and I literally shook John Cena's hand. That's pretty like, sweet. I literally shook his hand, man. Like, I I think I was like fourteen or fifteen at the time, so like I wasn't I wasn't like literally like really small, but I remember him like grabbing my hand. I'm like, holy sh! This guy's huge. <laughs> this guy's massive, man. Like I remember like he used to like literally put big the Big Show on his shoulders, yeah. and I was like, this guy like how are you? How are you this strong? You know? I <laughs> like, did, but I did a I did get an ego boost, and I think a lot of USAPL. Uh, Powerlifters can get an ego boost from this because I remember Sports Illustrated and like Instagram accounts were reposting him like deadlifting 600 pounds, like for two. Then I'm like, 
we could all do that shit easy. We could all do that shit. We all do that shit. <laughs> but then, and then, like, my brother, my little brother, who was a big wrestling fan, would send me, he's like, how much can you deadlift? And I will like, at the time, was, like, close to 700 pounds or a little over 700 pounds. He's like, oh, my God, you're stronger than John Cena. I'm like, no. I'm like, no. I'm like, manipulating a body like he does and being able to carry someone, the amount of core strength. I'm like, there's strength has different, there's elements of different strength because, or there's elements of strength. Because those guys can really manipulate human beings. Like, yeah, easy. Yeah. Uh, if you guys ever watched, like, Chad Gable, or, or Kurt yeah. Angle. Kurt Angle would be a guy that me and you know. Oh, my he, God. He is our amateur wrestler, and he could really throw people around. Like, he could throw a 400-person, 400-pound person, 400 person a, around. Like, it's, I'm like, that's that's strength right there. That's, like, insane strength and insane athleticism that you have to have to do that. I'm like, we're just picking up stationary objects. Like, that's yeah. all we're really doing. And... You know, Mark Henry, a guy I've referenced on the show, the Rolling greatest strength, a- yeah, the greatest strength athlete of all time. Um, he he could he could do both. He could, you know, uh, actually has an extremely accomplished, like strongman Olympic lifting, but also throw people around like they're nothing. So, um, and another guy recent uh, that I think is one of the strongest human beings in the world. Um, for people on his Twitch and the podcast, check out Cesaro. You think so? You think Cesaro, so? because, like, he's not the size of Mark Henry. Yeah. But yeah. he can pick up essentially anyone he wants and throw him around. He just really doesn't. Dude, I think Brock Lesnar's stronger than him, man. Brock Lesnar's a tank. Yeah, I would, uh, maybe. But I don't know, pound for pound, though? Like, like really, if you think of, like, Cesaro, how he picks up people. Because he's, uh, he's, he's hoisted the big show before. He had to really do it. He, you know, he, that's so impressive, man. Look, yeah, Big Show's huge, dude. Yeah, and like Cesaro, he's a, he's also an Olympic weightlifter. But some of the stuff I've seen him do, like how he's able to like toss people around, and you just look at him like, how the fuck's he able to do that? But you could tell when he starts picking up people, like, oh god, he has real strength. Like, there's guys who kind of have who need help from the other guy to work with them. Like, he could just really raw pick them up yeah, and then yeah. control them so easy. And just throw him around like any way he wants. So if you guys like a highlight tape of Cesaro, he does some insane, yeah, insane strength things. But so out of all those, what are you white lighting? A baseball. You literally said Kurt Angle, and I knew what my answer was gonna be. I was like, I need, I need like hype music in my life, and I get my hype music from (laughs) anime and wrestling uh, entrance songs. So I need to white light those two. I need to, man. I need to. Yeah, and well, that's uh, that's another thing that um. I, I, I've said before to, like, a bunch of people, I'm like, okay, I make fun of anime all the time. I rip on USAPL lifters all the time for liking anime. I love to be the troll, too, of, like, because uh, people, I mean, if you do a Q&A on my page, you're like, what's your first, they just assume I love anime. I'm like, oh, of course, you, you assume I love anime because uh, <laughs> I'm in the USAPL and I'm a power lifter. So, of course, you guys assume that. I'm like, really, I don't like any of them or I've never really watched any of them. Or it's like, who's your favorite Dragon Ball Z character? And I'm like... But, and I just love saying like uh, the dragon and his balls. Like I love, I lo- I'm like I love, I love Dragon Balls. <laughs> and I know some guys in uh, Dragon Ball Z, but I love trolling people. But at the same time, they can easily troll me about my love for wrestling because that's that's redneck anime. That's all it is. Literally, it's, literally, that's the best way to put it. Man. <laughs> it's 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 white trash anime because you're just watching a scripted thing, a fight sequence that's staged, it's scripted. Um, granted it's real as far as the bumps that you're taking, but you know, you, like I was watching Royal Rumble with my brother 
Edge returned uh, this year in the Royal Rumble, and I and I screamed in an apartment with two other people in the apartment, like because we didn't expect Edge to come. That was cool. Yeah. Edge is there, and I I screamed like, and I'm 27 years old. That was awesome, man! Holy shit! Yeah, and it was it was awesome. It was cool to see, but I'm like, oh, okay, I'm a, I'm a child. I made that's that's my anime is this professional Dude, wrestling. So the story that you posted of you and your I think it was your cousin. Like, oh, that was my brother. That was my brother. Dude. That was so funny. <laughs> I was like, I was cracking up, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, that was uh, yeah, that was that was a good time. We we staged that. We were in, in my house. Or like, okay, <laughs> we got to figure out what we're gonna do. We got to see like uh, what we can do because we had a lot of ideas. We're like, okay, we're not physically able to do any of these things. But yeah, that's 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 <laughs> my that's my nerd shit right there. Uh, I could get on I could get on USAPL lifters for liking nerdy stuff, but that's super super nerdy it's to get luchador masks with your brother and wrestle in a backyard on fourth of july for your family when you're both grown men we're not kids he's 23 and i'm 27 we're we're both fully grown adults and then we watch and we talk about wrestling like what do you think about this guy what do you think about this wrestler and then i make fun of people who talk about different anime shows and debate about anime shows and then me and my brother would talk literally for two hours about wrestling, which is just as lame, if not lamer. <laughs> so. But yeah, that's my answer, man. I literally just white light um, baseball. Or not baseball. I, I red light baseball, then white light anime and wrestling. Just because the music, man. I need the music, man. Yeah. Yeah, and then I was, I was doing that too. Like certain uh, – if I, if I was allowed to play like wrestling themes while we were competing, I would. And when I get the aux at the uh, gym, I have to, like, stop myself from playing certain wrestling songs. Like, because there's, there's ones you can play in a gym and people, like, enjoy it. So, like, Triple H is always a hit. The game by Motorhead, that's always a hit with the gym crowd. People, if they listen to it, are like, okay, this is a good enough song. It's Motorhead, which they're heavy. So you could like Motorhead, and we could lift to it. Same thing with... Uh, Edge, uh, Edge's theme is good. People could listen to that by Alter Bridge. CM Punk had a good one when he did uh, Cult of Personality. Like people yeah, enjoy yeah. that, but then once you start getting into like the real obvious wrestling themes, like Stone Cold, people yeah. are like, uh, "Okay, like we could tell you're listening to a wrestling theme." Or like Kurt Angle, even that one, because that's Dude, so that's so over the top. The Kurt Angle one. Literally, whenever I play Warzone with our friends, whenever we jump out of the plane, I play the Kurt Angle theme song <laughs> in the background for us, and it's so funny, man. Yeah, like, because... Rock theme song, too, so literally... Me and my friend Aubrey did that, because we... One day, well, one day, I... Because it was just, like, me and him in the gym, and I played Macho Man Randy Savage's theme, because I was wearing the Macho Madness uh, yeah. shorts that I have. And then I just went into my deadlifts, like, Macho Man in 1992, like, his whole spiel. Actually, my brother did that during his graduation. That was fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. During the poppin' circumstance, he got, <laughs> You could see him walk. You could see him walk, and he started doing the Macho Man to everyone. Holy shit. So, yeah, that's how, that's how big of nerds... Uh, that's, how, that's, that's how big of nerds wrestling fans are. Which, I, I think there's solidarity there. In powerlifting, wrestling fans, anime... You could kind of find the balance between, and powerlifting is like a good mix between the two. I would say if I if I if I could go like into a comparison, USPA not natty guys probably look up to wrestling more, and then USAPL natty guys like anime. Anime, yep. I like, 
that's <laughs> that's yeah that's the thing it's like they all probably grew up watching wrestling they all probably started working out because of wrestling because you know they're fucking jacked um and then i would say usapl they started lifting because of anime because they're portrayed as being jacked too so yeah yeah <laughs> holy shit i never thought of it that way that literally makes so much sense i might i might meme that later yeah. Like USPA and like a picture of Triple H and then USAPL picture of like Goku or <laughs> some shit. Yeah, a picture of Goku. Yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, I'll, I'll see if that flies right now. I'll actually post it on uh post it on my story. But all right. all right, one more and then I'll let you go for this two white lights one. Um, YouTube, IG, Twitch. Um, that's an easy one for me. I'll tell you why. Uh, I don't like editing. Mm. I, I do not like editing at all. That's something that my Twitch followers have been asking me to do, like get back into YouTube. I don't, I don't like editing, man. Like I, I'll stick with Instagram. I'll stick with Twitch for sure. I love streaming, man. Streaming is like really, really fun. Like there's no, um, like editing process. You just talk to the camera and like be natural with yourself, and if people want to hang out with you. Then that's just what it is. Instagram, you just post a clip, and that's it. YouTube, yeah. you gotta go like into, you gotta think about it like more. You need to edit it, make sure it's like appealing like the edits really appealing like it's just so much so much effort and like i don't think that something i'm interested in doing man you know it's like it's just really hard for me yeah you could see the kind of the differences between when i started powerlifting and started making my instagram page like the amount of people telling me to do a youtube page and no one telling me to do a youtube page anymore yeah like yeah. no one even like suggesting like oh you should do a youtube page only time they suggested it is for two white lights a podcast that's it and really, it's weird why they want to do that, because all, obviously, all my, uh, yeah, this is for Two White Lights listeners, all my interviews are obviously going to be on either FaceTime or Zoom, so it's not that entertaining if you guys just could see me talk. It's not yeah. a, it's not a cool, if they were in studio or something, which is never going to happen, because most powerlifters don't live in the state of Illinois, um, and I don't have Joe Rogan money where I could fly people out or fly people or fly to other places, which would be awesome. Like, there's no real reason for me to do a YouTube uh, channel for that. But bless, but that's really only no one wants to see me lift because like, OK, we see your highlights on Instagram. We don't really need your insight on things anymore because all the information is pretty much out there. Um, but Twitch is something that people have been yeah, requesting. You, you should consider like live streaming your if you're gonna have people like talk to people on twitch mm-hmm. like you don't, they don't even need to have one like obviously you don't you, you're not into twitch right now so yeah i have you on mine like i'm just sharing my screen it's something that i feel like you can expand upon mm-hmm. and it, it's a growing community too like, there's a lot more people since the quarantine has started like everyone's home everyone's on their computer or, like on their phone or something so they can tune in to your podcast man so yeah. i guess i feel like you should consider it down the road Oh, yeah, for sure. And it has been thought about. But when I saw when the quarantine started, that's when I started to get more into it. It was actually the funny one. It was because of Barstool Sports. Um, they had uh, uh, one of the guys, uh, Big Cat, was playing NCAA Football 14 on Twitch, and it was hilarious. And it was like I started tuning into Twitch that for that reason. Then they started just doing – they weren't gaming anymore. They were just start doing uh, like – some of it was like Mario Party and just like really basic games, but a lot of it was just them play, playing Jenga or something. So it was cool to see that. But then that's when I got into when I started noticing that you know uh, Ben Rice is on it, you were on it, Tim is on it, uh, Joe is on it, Joey Flex is on it as well. So uh, yeah, I started I'm like okay, I think there's actually a way to utilize that platform, and I think it's more beneficial for powerlifters than um, YouTube is now. 
Yeah, man, like, we're all, like, connected to each other. Like, we have, like, Discord channels where we could all, like, let each other know when we're streaming, when we can rate each other, when we can, like, talk to each other, help each other out, mm-hmm. like, try to network more. Like, if you ever are interested, man, like, we'll, it's a really, really friendly community, too. Like, every, like people I don't even know, like, bodybuilders or, like, like fit chicks literally, like, will raid my stream, man. It's, like, really funny. <laughs> like, people I've never mm-hmm. met before in my entire life. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be considering it. But we've been talking for 90 minutes, man. This has been a good time. Oh, Damn. It didn't even feel like that, bro. We were just shooting it. Yeah, that's and that's the goal for every podcast. Shoot the shit and uh, just have a pretty uh, regular conversation about lifting, my man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much again for having me. Like, I really, really appreciate it. And I'm sorry about the whole, like, last week with the hurricane thing, man. Dude, are you seriously apologizing to me for a fucking hurricane? Like, I, dude, you're fine. You're good. Yeah, a hurricane happened, man. I can't, can't help it. Like, your power went out. Cause, well, yeah, and... Because I, I was like, dude, if my because my power is supposed to be out till Sunday, because a tornado hit Illinois, and we were out of power for, and it was funny because the tornado hit and I was in the gym and there's like kind of no windows in the gym, so I didn't even know it was that bad. I got a tornado warning on my phone. I'm like, oh okay, and tornado warnings are kind of common. Like like in the summer, you're kind of used to tornadoes uh, not happening. Well, no, it's like, so here's the thing what happens to tornadoes. And the people in the Midwest will definitely vouch for me on this one. You get a tornado warning. What you do is you go outside, you look at the sky, and you kind of want to see what's going on outside. You just start sitting on your floor, like, looking... Like, all right, is uh, is there any funnel clouds? What's going on here? It's like, let's see, there's some crazy shit. Like, all the wind's starting to pick up, and then all your furniture outside just blows away. <laughs> but, like, you, you seriously never really see the tornado touch down ever. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's never really, like, that violent. So you're always going to get at least one tornado warning in the fall and the summer, maybe the spring, but nothing ever, hopefully, knock on wood, serious happens in the Midwest. But same thing happened to me when I was in the gym got the tornado warning I'm like okay i can't go anywhere i'm obviously not gonna go outside they say seek shelter i'm like well i'm in shelter like i can't really do anything i can't go to a certain place in the gym so i started so i just worked out got through the uh, tornado warning and then i went outside you know there's leaves and like branches on the floor and stuff I'm like okay that's pretty typical <laughs> then i got home and none of the traffic lights were on and all my furniture oh, was like shit. blown off i'm like oh jesus christ Holy shit. and then my sister was like, yeah, you know, it you know, blew around our furniture. It wasn't too bad. And then our, our power didn't come on for, like, two days. Uh, and, I, and they said, like, be prepared till uh, Sunday and Saturday for you to get your power on. I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Mike, if I had to reschedule a podcast interview because his power was out and my power was out, that is going to be the weirdest coincidence of all time. Um, <laughs> and, and, my, and luckily the, the power is back on, but... Yeah, um, we would have gotten it in still. Yeah, for real. I would have found a way. I mean, places in Illinois still had power, just not me. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, my man. And also, where can people uh, find you? Uh, people can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at NicoFlores74KG. And my Twitch handle is twitch.tv slash NicoFlores74. All right, sweet. Uh, again, thank you for coming on. Fan requested interview. Love getting fan requested interviews on Two White Lights. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.